Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Dovali. I'm with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today we go over the Champions League results. The quarterfinals draw is in. The Europa League quarterfinals draw is in. We also have a treat for you guys. We're going to give our Champions League best 11. And then we're going to talk about our top three in the Ballon d'Or for this year as of right now. Then we're going to get into our best of the weekend. And we hope you guys enjoy the show. Lucas, my dear friend. How are you? I am not so good this week. Uh, we had a lot of soccer going on, but I am not so good. I'm just not feeling well. It's been a rough week as a Manchester United fan. Um, with the Champions League result going on, yeah, just overall, it's it's rough being a Manchester United fan at the moment. Um, there's no hope for the season. I don't think there's any hope in the long term. I don't know what to do as a United fan. It's actually like mentally draining i'm fully like oh what what do i do with this team it's been six years since we haven't had a trophy and it's gonna continue until next year because we're gonna probably fully rebuild but i'm getting way too ahead of ourselves um i just went into my deep thoughts about manchester united right away but we are talking about the champions league this week uh, we talked about last week's results, where it was Real Madrid, PSG, Man City, and Liverpool both advancing. Uh, and this week, we had four juicy matchups as well. So, at the moment, it was Atletico Madrid versus Man United at Old Trafford. Atletico won 1-0 to move on uh, with an aggregate score of 2-1. Ajax and Benfica with an upset. Benfica 1-0, beating Ajax uh, to advance with an aggregate score of 3-2. Just an unreal game. As expected, we saw Chelsea win 2-1 against Lille, uh, which had them move on with an aggregate score of 4-1. And another shocker, like absolute mind-blowing of an upset. Villarreal beats Juve. 3-0 to advance uh, with the 4-1 aggregate score. So, Nick, I ran through the scores. What are your immediate thoughts? I mean, uh, we, we won't get into Chelsea Lil because that was that was pretty straightforward other than the, the first goal by Yomaz, right, to, to make it a little bit nervous. But Chelsea were pretty much in control uh, over the course of these two fixtures. Obviously, the biggest result is uh, Villarreal upsetting Juventus in my honest opinion right like Atletico Madrid Man United I think we we talked about last week I think we said we wanted both Manchester United to win but we felt like Atletico could get through so so I mean it's either way of what happened right we'll talk about how the match played out I think Villarreal over Juventus is uh massive right Juventus has gone out to teams of this stature like every year for the past five six years yeah. You know, they, they lost to Lyon, they lost to Porto. Like, these, these teams, uh, for some reason, like, we, should ne- we shouldn't look at Juventus and think of them as the, the Titans that they were in the early part of this decade, right, where they were making the final and losing to, like, Real Madrid or to Bayern. Uh, this team's clearly fallen off, and uh, they're not one of the, the biggest clubs in, in the world anymore. And that's not to say that they can't get back to it, right? Because they've had a couple of good windows. It's just it's just the results speak for themselves. I'm with you. 100% with you. 
Um, yeah, for me, when I saw that result, at, uh, I checked my phone to see what it was around the 70th minute mark. It was still nil-nil. And then I checked 20 minutes later when the game ended, 3-0, Villarreal scoring three goals in the last 15 minutes. Just unreal scenes. And the Villarreal fans have to be going nuts. But like you said, uh, Juve getting knocked out to teams of this stature uh, for the past six seasons in the Champions League, it, it's just not good enough for them. Uh, and it's not good for their fan base, for the management, especially considering the fact that they're not doing that well in the league anymore either. So their fans would be happy with the Scudetto, but at the moment they're not going to win the Scudetto. So uh, this is a heartbreaking loss for Juve, but brilliant, brilliant result for Villarreal. Can I can I add one more thing? I think yeah. uh, in terms of the game, right? I was I was doing the the multicast and looking at that game. Juventus were were playing really well, right? Like really well, and they were they were like favored to win the game up until they conceded that penalty and that penalty just caused them to to absolutely like implode right they conceded yeah. another penalty they let Pau Torres score again so so i mean it was just a total implosion that that call and it was the right call in my opinion if you actually watch the the play um it just changed the game for them right whereas yeah so they can get it they can still get in that game with a goal if they had kept going on there's a chance that they would have scored but, uh, I mean, just a totally, totally weak mentality uh, to cause them to, to lose this game and to, to completely, like, drop the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going into the other upset of the week, uh, we really said there were two games that we can see going either way. Actually, no, three games that we can see going either way. But we had favored IX and Juve particularly higher than the fourth game that we're going to talk about. And Benfica. Wow. 1-0 victory. And what's crazy to see is Ajax fully dominated this game with twice as many passes, uh, 69% possession. They had 16 shots to Benfica's four. At that point, there's only so much you can do if you're an Ajax uh, player and if you're an Ajax supporter. Like, you dominated this game at home, but Benfica just got that, got that result. Um, huge, yeah. huge win for Benfica. Uh, commiserations to Ajax, who have been killing it all season in the Champions League. So, really upsetting for for them to go out this way. Total shit house win. Total shit house win by Benfica. <laughs> like, there's no no doubt about it, right? You your only shot on goal, you score. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, it's crazy that they're through, right? And yeah, it's, this sets up. Uh, a lot of like easy pass to see yeah. for a final draw with this result. And we'll get into it in a second. Right. But uh, just crazy, crazy to see. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. I mean, talk about total shithouse wins. Yeah. Atletico Madrid <laughs> beating Manchester United 1-0. Uh, the same story could be said about Manchester United and Ajax uh, with Atletico and Madrid getting that one goal that they needed in the 41st minute. And, up to that point, United had fully dominated the game. They had the better chances. They were creating more opportunities. They were dominating the possession. And then after, I would say, the 55th minute mark, United just imploded. And what I want to say is after the 55th minute mark, I think in the last 30 minutes, the ball was in play 
for just nine minutes, which is unreal. In the last five minutes, the ball was in play for just 70 seconds. So think about that. If the ball is not in play, what are you supposed to do as a team? Um, what had happened was that let's go Madrid players would get any sort of touch, uh, hand to the face, uh, a leg barely grazing their leg, and then they would fall, and then the ref would just call the whistle. Um, it to me, it's one of the worst officiated games in recent years. We've definitely seen a lot of bad officiating uh, decades ago, like five plus years ago, but this had to have been really, really bad. In one scenario, uh, Marcos Llorente got his head, faking a head injury, even though his ankle was hurt, and the ref blew the whistle. So you're not supposed to blow the whistle, and at this point, United were attacking. So he blew the whistle while United are attacking, and it was an ankle injury, and it wasn't even a foul. He played it as a drop ball. So I don't get that call. But then also 15 minutes later, there was an actual head injury of a United player where Diogo Dallo had his uh, – somebody slapped his head. He went down, head injury, and Atletico Madrid continued to play on, and they were allowed to. So the referee completely lost control of this game. Um, there was only one yellow card handed out to Atletico, which is the same amount of yellow cards that Darren Fletcher, a Manchester United coach, had. Uh, just unreal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the officiating was horrible. Uh, easily the worst officiated game of the season in terms of the Champions League. Uh, totally agree that the ref lost control. Uh, with that being said, right, Manchester United for the first, I agree, like 40 minutes of this game thoroughly dominated, uh, yeah. put put Atletico Madrid on its heels. And then that goal played into uh, Atleti's advantages, right? Because when you yeah. when they have the lead, it's so difficult to get it back from them because they will do those things that you mentioned. That's how they play, right? They did everything that they had to to secure the game. Uh had United scored, I feel like they would have probably been playing to to PKs, and I'm talking about Atletico. Like they had no intention of giving United any chance, and you could tell how frustrated the United players were by Atletico and and them stalling, right, and them like basically falling over after every challenge. So this is nothing out of the ordinary. Total uh, vintage win by them. Uh, I could tell how pissed the fans were, right? Once yeah. ran out into the dugout and they were trying to pelt him with like drinks and stuff. Uh, just, I mean, I'm sorry, Lucas. I don't, I don't know anything other than saying that like this team needs to be blown up, right? And yeah, kind of, this kind of accelerates uh, what we already knew. Whether or not they made it through this round doesn't change the fact that they were not going to go past the quarterfinals, right? Regardless yeah, yeah, drawn. So. Um, just a tough loss, but, you know, maybe it's better to just rip the Band-Aid off and focus on the Premier League. No, 100% with you on that. And and to be fair, after that goal, United didn't deserve to get a result out of it. They, I mean, you can only do so much when the ball isn't in play as much, but uh, there's only so much that you can do if you're not creating chances. And I believe they only had one chance, big chance created 
in the last 30 minutes, and that's not good enough. So uh, United, uh, Atletico had a game plan in mind, get that goal, sit back, uh, contain the box, and they did it perfectly to perfection. Um, but yeah, uh, moving forward into the next round, I'm not sure. Wait, wait, wait. I want to end this on, on one last thing, right? That, And I want to get yeah. your on it. So uh, in hindsight, right? Uh, yeah. I think we've mentioned... Does this change what ha- what has happened with Manchester United over the past like four or five years? Does it and what's happening at Conte right now in Tottenham? Does this change in a small way how we view uh, Jose Mourinho? Because I want to I want to read you this quote that he said like a long time ago, right? He basically says, "If I tell you, for example, that I consider one of my best jobs of my career was to finish second with Man United in the Premier League, you will say this guy is crazy." Mario said he won 25 titles and he's saying that a second position was one of his best achievements. I keep saying this because people don't know what is going on behind the scenes. Right. So I think after everything, right, you think about what he's won. He won like he was the last manager to win trophies for United and uh, he won like the Europa League, won like I believe like a couple of domestic cups, finished second, like he mentioned. Does this what's going on with United now? I mean, I'm sure firing him at the that time was the right call, right? Because I, yes. I don't think in hindsight it was. But his perception as a manager uh, has that really changed with everything going on with Manchester United and Tottenham from your perspective? No, 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 not at all. And even Ralph Ragnick right now is calling out, uh, not calling out directly, but indirectly saying there are problems deeper than what's going on on the pitch. Um, and it's true. The owners, uh, upper management, it's just not in a good place. So they need to, I think they have right now taken the right step with hiring Ralph Ragnick as the interim manager and having him move up into the ranks, being a behind the scenes person, and then bringing in a manager that can work with Ralph because you can see that they have been playing well under him. And you can see that there is a philosophy behind what they're doing at the moment. So what Jose said is completely right. Um, and we've seen that over the last few years. And I mean, it's it's something that all the fans have seen, but now it's being widely, widely knowledgeable to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, go ahead. All right, moving on into the actual rest of the bracket. Uh, as we mentioned, there were eight teams that moved on. This is the quarterfinal now. Uh, Atletico Madrid went from one side of Manchester to the other side of Manchester, and they are facing Man City. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup for them. I don't think they can pull that same shithousery as they did against Manchester United. So that's going to be a juicy one. In that same side of the bracket, you have Chelsea versus Real Madrid, a rematch of last year's semifinals where Chelsea advanced uh, with a 3-1 goal aggregate. Um, that should be a really good matchup. Those two matchups are obviously the matchups of the, of the match day, in my opinion, with the other two being fairly, I don't want to say easy, but the, the two teams that I'm about to mention right now, Bayern Munich and Liverpool, should easily beat Villarreal and Benfica, respectively. So, um, those two teams should face off in the semifinals uh, with the road to the final a lot clearer than the latter. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think Real Madrid, uh, this shows that they have definitely the toughest road to the final, right? They didn't get to play Lisbon in the round of 16 like Manchester City did. And I, I think Atletico is an easier team compared to Chelsea. Uh, Real Madrid, you know, if they end up winning, they play either Man City or Atletico in, in like a basically a Madrid derby. So so that easily the toughest road uh, is for them. Bayern and Liverpool, I mean, yeah, like you get through, right? You get through, but then you have the, each other basically on the side of the semifinals. So that matchup is going to be nuts, right? Those, yeah. are, those are essentially, like when we talked about it, Lucas, like those are essentially two of the, the three teams that we thought could win it, right? With Real Madrid being the other. So that one of them is going to take the other out. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy to see. Either way, we're gonna have an incredible final with any result yes. that these teams, right? And that's that's yeah. the- well, well, well. Let me interrupt you there. If okay. Atletico Madrid is in the final, it, it's not gonna be incredible. Let's assume it's Real Madrid, Chelsea, Man City, Bayern, and Liverpool. Then yes, it's gonna yeah. be a great final. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, right? If Atletico beats man city then i don't think they're gonna beat real madrid they just don't yeah well with real madrid at all they match up well you can make an argument that they match up, match up pretty well with man city right because their style of play is disruptive play and yeah. man city wants to play the ball right so so that that fixture uh could end up being super messy for man city if you told me atletico wins that i i would not be surprised just because of the style of play that they they impose uh, compared to Manchester City's Chelsea Real Madrid obviously that's the fixture of the uh, of the draw right the quarterfinals yeah. uh, this one could go either way I favor Real Madrid in this one just because of what Chelsea is experiencing and also because this Real Madrid side is different than the Real Madrid side that we saw last year right mm-hmm. we've seen we've seen the style of play change to more attacking oriented rather than defensive oriented and we've also seen uh, a lot of players go up a level, right? We've seen the addition of Kaminga, uh, Kamavinga essentially provide uh, a, a essential depth to the center of the midfield. You have Valverde, you have Casemiro, you have Cruz, you have Modric. So uh, they're, they're going to be fresher, and I think that Real Madrid will take this. And, I mean, we'll, we, we both probably agree. We'll see Real Madrid, Man City, Bayern, and Liverpool in the semifinals. Yeah. Yeah, agree with that. With that, though, who do you think – do your predictions change of who's who can win? I mean, I, I, think, I think that our call of Real Madrid having the best odds of, of winning at the time of the uh, round of 16, you know, draw and, like, the group stages was so juicy. Like, I, I still feel like they're the team that's going to win it just because they passed the eye test. They have all the magic. They've already beaten – one of the other favorites uh, within the yeah. competition, right? So uh, I just, they, they're, I mean, I clearly have some bias and I, and I <sighs> them, but I think them, right? If I had to rank it, it'd be them, number one, because they've proven that they can beat one of the, the best teams in the world. And then uh, it's just going to be tough. It's going to be, I, I'd have to go with Liverpool second uh, and then Bayern and Man City tied for, for third, just because. Yeah. It's just tough. Liverpool plays so well now, and yeah. uh, it's just it's just hard. They're they're built essentially for the Champions League, just based on the knockout stages. Now, one thing to point out for Liverpool, though, Trent Alexander-Arnold is injured for a few weeks, so it, there's a possibility that he can miss the Champions League. He can miss some time. We don't know the extent of his injury, but that's one thing to monitor. 
uh, for Liverpool's Champions League run. I would say I would say City and Bayern are ahead of Liverpool, but if I like as a bet, I would say Real Madrid betting on Real Madrid is the best. I would say the two favorites, in my opinion, are City and Bayern. Uh, Pep is still trying to get that Champions League for Man City. Bayern's trying to get back into the top of the totem pole. Um, I think those two teams look the most dominant at the moment, personally. Yeah. But Real Madrid and Liverpool are both up there uh, with really, really strong results. So, so listen to this, and I think I'm going to end up placing a bet on this, right? Uh, Liverpool and Man City are both tied for the favorites, according to FanDuel, at both plus 200 each, right? Uh, Bayern Munich is plus 300. Chelsea is plus 1,300. Real Madrid has the second... Uh, Still? Black, no, they, they, they don't have the second worst, obviously. But uh, Real Madrid is plus 1,400 to, to win. Wow, man. Atletico Madrid plus twenty six hundred, Villarreal plus eight thousand, and Benfica's plus twelve thousand. But uh, wow. Real Madrid are in like the bottom half of the favorites, and I think that that's so. I mean, wild to me. Yeah, it's just because of the tough fixtures that they have to go through Man City and Chelsea. But that bet just has become more enticing to me. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, Maybe I said that they were plus 800 and they were worse than plus 1400. I think they were plus 1800. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But the yeah, odds yeah. are still so enticing. You yes. know, I would I would expect for them to be fourth, you know, not not behind Chelsea and not that far, right? Bayern's plus 300. Then Real Madrid has a, a plus 1100 difference with that. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. So, Nick. Let's move on into the next segment, uh, given that we are on the topic of Champions League. Yes. Who is your Champions League team of the season at the moment? Do you want to okay. go p- position by position, you go and then I go, or do you want to just run through everything? Uh, all right, so I think the best way to do this is we let's talk the formation that we did, right? Okay. And then and then we'll give uh, by position, by forwards, by midfield, and goalkeeper, and then we'll do honorable mentions at the end, right? So, all right, sounds uh, good. So, my formation is uh, 3 4 3, Lucas. What's yours? 4 3 3. Okay, I so we'll talk about this when we get to defenders. Uh, but for forwards, right? My my three up top is Lewandowski, Benzema, and Mosala. Oh, all right. So, mine are actually uh, Lewandowski, Benzema. I agree. Uh, I went with Mbappe. Okay, okay, yeah, so I that's I, where I. I uh, switch it up a little bit. The reason I went for Mbappe is because his importance for PSG to even get into where they are now. He was the only person that scored against Real Madrid. Uh, he was the only, realistically, he was the person that got them past Man City. So, yeah, uh, Mbappe, but I have Salah as an honor- honorable mention. Okay, that's interesting to me. I I think that's fair, right? Based on the results so far, I yeah. what I kind of did was I took uh, I took only players uh, from like the the quarterfinal teams because I'm Got just it. I'm just assuming that they're these players right are gonna play more games than anybody that's already played, right? That's fair. So so I was just thinking like this is potentially gonna be most likely it, but Mbappe is uh, such a good mention, right? I have him in honorable mentions. He's actually the only player I believe that I have that didn't make it to the quarterfinals. Uh, okay. 
but but I I can't disagree with you you including it in there because he was he was their best player like yeah their campaign and has been all season yeah for for midfield I have uh, Sane Modric Cruz and Riyad Mahrez wait Sane Modric Cruz and Riyad Mahrez yeah okay so we have one uh similar player okay which is Tony Cruz okay. Uh, as I mentioned, I went with the four three three. So I went with uh, Bernardo Silva. Great pick, yeah. Instead of Riyad Mahrez, I did see Riyad Mahrez was was solid, but Bernardo Silva has his form at the moment is unreal. He's been, especially in the group stage, he was so important for Man City to be like one of the top teams in that group. Um, so Bernardo Silva, and then this guy is so underrated, man. So 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 underrated. Yes, he plays like as a, an attacking midfielder at the moment. Thomas Müller. Yes, I have. So I have both those players in my honorable mentions because okay. they were tough. Yeah, it was so tough for me. I, I listen with with Müller, right? I wanted to put him in because I agree with you. He's he's even when we talk about how underrated he is, right? And like just by sheer popularity, everyone's saying that he's underrated. He becomes like higher rated. But he's uh, still underrated. He still he still does not get his due, man. Like he. Yeah. I think when I was doing this, right, I was thinking about uh, form and I was watching some of the, the games, like, you know, the extended highlights where there's like 15 minute clips and stuff. And I was thinking that Kingsley Komen, like with someone that popped out. But when you also look at the games and you look at the statistics, like Mueller has him in both. And he's just so, so good. Yeah. I So I'll tell you why I included uh, I included Modric. Uh, obviously, Mares, right? Mares is self-explanatory. Bernardo Silva, I totally see. He's also in my honorable mentions. But Mares, like, just in my eyes, has been their best player. Just in terms of impact, like, that he's had in the Champions League, in terms of his goals, his assists. Like, I had to put him in there. For Sané, right? Like, you wouldn't think so, but he has, like, six goals and six assists. And he's just so electric when I watch him play. So I had to put him in there too. Uh, Thomas Muller was like the one that I wasn't sure of between him and, and Sané. I just I decided to give Sané the shout, shout. With Modric and Cruz, I mean, Cruz we agree on. It's just yeah. I, I wanted to give you some statistics that I, that I basically found. And uh, for passing, right, like passing in the opponent's half, passing that leads to, to chances, you know, like Modric and Cruz lead – the Champions League essentially in both. So when I see like that, right, it just makes me uh, it just makes me want to put them both in. And I, I have someone in my honorable mentions uh, that might shock you, right? But I just feel like those two, like I, I know it's being kind of biased, but I, I just felt like they needed to be in there uh, just because of their their sheer dominance, right? Like that's just that was just my opinion. I originally had Mojo Shin as well. But I, I decided to go with Tony Cruz instead. Um, I I can see why you have both of them in there. For me, I wanted to <clears throat> branch off and have different players because Cruz and Modric both play a very similar style. Yep. Both are important in very different ways. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Modric, Modric's importance to the team, vital. Very, very important. So... Yeah. Uh, agree with you there. And the reason I didn't include Sané is because, to me, he's a forward. He's not a, he's not a midfielder. So the way Bayern plays him, he's more like a right winger. So more attacking on the field instead of yeah. dropping back. You know what I mean? So that's why I didn't include Sané. But 
I mean, yeah, he's so important into the in that on that team to be able to like score six goals, six assists, like it, unheard of. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, it's just tough, right? Like you, you have all these players, and I'm sure honorable mentions will be very similar. Defense, I feel like we're gonna disagree a lot on, right? So I have uh, Renan Lodi, uh, David Alaba, and Andreas Christensen. Bruh, there is one player that needs to be on there no matter what, and I am shocked that you didn't put him on there. I thought 100% certainty that you were going to have him on there, and you don't. Joao Cancelo. I have him in my honorable mentions. I couldn't do it. Bro, no, 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 no. I couldn't do it. What do you mean you couldn't do it? No, I just feel like I just feel like uh, Lodi's versatility, right? The Christensen's ball playing, like like Cancelo is in my honorable mentions. He has listen. First of all, he only start. played five games. He's only played five games in the Champions League. That's that was the biggest reason why he didn't play in the quarterfinals fixture. Like oh, I mean, the round of sixteen fixture at all. I mean, no, actually, no. He played one game, but in one he was hurt. The other one. Yeah, but like I, he's played less games, so I can't I can't put him in when the other players he's have played, played less games, and he still has three goals and three assists as a defender. I know, man, but I can't. Bro. I can't. oh my god, I'm, I'm I losing my mind were, right now. I knew you were gonna put him in. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. David Alaba uh, has been great, and then yeah, I, I have I have David Alaba in mind too. Okay, okay, and Andreas Christensen has been the best ball playing uh, defender. Uh, in terms of like passes, uh, you know, created and stuff like that. Cancelo was like the only the one that I had and I had to take off and I just wasn't sure. He, I mean, I don't know, Lucas, maybe I'll make an amendment and I'll replace Ren and Lodi, but like Lodi, Lodi is really good and I think he deserves to have, at the very least be an honorable mention. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I disagree with Christensen because he doesn't always play. And he could, he's easily, like, you can swap him in with another player and same job will be done. Um, I do have Thiago Silva in my honorable mention okay. instead of uh, Christensen. Um, but the other two defenders that I have, I went with Virgil van Dijk. Always, always necessary uh, for that Real, for that Liverpool defense. Without him, it crumbles, like, really, really bad. Um, and then Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Um, reason being, his assists, he's just so vital for, for that team. Um, so I went with those two. But Thiago Silva, in my honorable mention, uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm just shocked by the Joao Cancelo one, man. Yeah. Alexander-Arnold does not isn't even in my honorable mentions, to be honest. Like, I get he creates chances and stuff, but he's, That's not, fair. he's not even in the top 15 in assists. Uh, for for like the Champions League, right? So so when when I see that, and also I know he creates chances. I know he's improved uh, defensively, but I just I can't put him in there. It just it came down to formation for me, right? I think yeah maybe, yeah, yeah. I think maybe I can make an adjustment uh, just after hearing how passionate you are and replace <laughs> with uh, with Kinsella. So I'll probably end up doing that. And uh, but but I disagree on Christensen, right? Because he I get how. I get what you're saying, right? But he is like he's been really good for them, and I just like love the way he plays on the ball. Alaba, I'm glad we agree on. Uh, yeah. Goalkeeper, I have Courtois. I don't know who you have. I originally had Courtois. He's okay. in my honorable mention, but I have okay. Mendy. 
I don't. So I put Mendy in my honorable mentions. The reason why I didn't include Mendy is their strength of schedule, who they played, right? They played Juventus, they played Malmo, they played Zenit St. Petersburg, and then they played Lille. Uh, so I get he conceded two goals, right? Courtois has the most saves. Courtois had to play against PSG and Inter. Um, so I just, that's, that's the, that was my reasoning, right, for putting Courtois. Completely understandable. Uh, yeah. For me, those two are one and two, though. Uh, I think there's a complete distance between those two uh, and then every other goalkeeper. I agree. All right. Give me your honorable mentions. Uh, I mean, we mentioned all of them pretty much. But the ones that we didn't mention, uh, you have to give a shout to Sebastian Alir. Second in goals. Yes. Um, despite the fact that Ajax are out, he without him, Ajax would not be in the position that they're in at the moment. Uh, he has 12 goals, only behind Lewandowski, which is an unreal statistic. Uh, and then second is uh, Christopher Nkuku. RB Salzburg striker. Um, he's an up-and-coming striker. He has seven goals and six assists, which is just unreal uh, for a striker. Not even a striker. He's like an attacking mid, but just unreal statistics from him on a side that isn't going to compete. Yeah, so so my honorable mentions, uh, I have Rudiger, uh, just because okay. they've been the best defense. I've moved Ren and Lodi. I've, I've swatched them. I've seen the light and moved Cancelo uh, in. Uh, Bernardo Silva, I have Thomas Muller, I have Mbappe, and Sebastian Haller, I have the the ones that I don't have. Right, I have uh, surprisers: Danny Parejo and Pau Torres from Villarreal. Uh, okay. Both have been so good. Uh, Parejo, right? If you look at the statistics, right, like passing in the opponent's area, you know, like all those created. There's three midfielders that are far and away better at the at their accuracy, you know, like distance cover, everything than anyone else. And it's Cruz, Modric, and Parejo. And yeah. so so I have to give him a shout here. Pau Torres has, I think, the second most distance covered by any defender. He's so good at playing with the ball. Uh, I mean, he's the best defender in my opinion. So I have him also included. He needs to go to a big club soon. You know, he's left-footed center back. Like, I don't know why people don't want him, but he's I know. And I have Holler as well. So I mean, right. overall, I f- we agree on we agree on Lewandowski, Benzema. Uh, we agree on we agree on Cruz. We agree on Alaba and Cancelo. So that's five of the uh, possible eleven that we agree on. So this is fun exercise for sure. I, I liked it. I liked it. So uh, should we go into the Europa League then, or do you want to go into the Ballon d'Or first? Ooh. Let's go into the Ballon d'Or, actually. Okay. Even that we're talking about players, segue into that. Okay. I mean, I hate having three uh, offensive players, but you go with your you go with your three, and then I'll tell you my three. To be honest, I think we're we're probably gonna have like the same players. Yeah, I think so too. So the top three that I have are Lewandowski. Do you agree? Yes. Benzema. Yes. Mo Salah. Yes. All right, so <laughs> I no, think that was the quickest segment of all time. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I mean, listen, they, they've both been, they've, they've all been a cut above uh, each other. You don't have Mo Salah in your UEFA team of the year. I think it's just because of your formation, right? Uh, so, so I mean, that makes that makes sense. I can't I can't press on you for that. But those three, they, listen, I would love to include defenders and goalkeepers and midfielders, but, like, I haven't seen anything that's made them stand out to me. 
the reason I have Mo Salah in my Ballon d'Or team, uh, top three, but not in the Champions League team of the season, is because Mo Salah's impact in the Premier League. Yeah. So that's the reason. When he was gone for that AFCON, Liverpool weren't the same team. They were missing the goals. Um, but now that he came back, they've gone on an unreal run. Win after win after win after win. Like, they're in such great form. Um, so that's why I have Mo Salah in my, in my Ballon d'Or top three. I mean, all three, I think at the moment, are the most informed players in the world and probably the best players in the world. Yeah, I have to agree with that. So with that being said, let's segue into the Europa League quarterfinal draw, Lucas. Uh, I actually love this draw more than I love the Champions League draw, to be to be totally uh, fair. Leipzig yeah. versus Atalanta, right? Frankfurt versus Barcelona. West Ham versus Lyon. And Braga versus Rangers. The reason why I like this so much is you have either one of Braga or Rangers going into the semifinal, right? Uh, I mean, I'm going to just be up front. I think West Ham's going to win. West Ham's going to be in the semifinal of a European competition. And you're going to have West Ham playing probably Barcelona, uh, which I think is just like going to be wildly entertaining to me. And then Atalanta Leipzig is as close as a fixture as you can possibly see between two sides. Uh, and there's going to yeah. be a lot of goals in that fixture for sure. Yeah, 100% agree with that. What's crazy is West Ham upsetting, not really upsetting. I said, I said last week that West Ham can beat Sevilla, but the fact that Sevilla is gone now, it's their competition. They lost it. Yeah, it's my my predictor to win was Barcelona, and I still think with the form that they're in, uh, it's theirs to lose at this moment. But the semifinal matchups, if everything goes as predicted, is going to be very juicy, especially, like you mentioned, Barcelona versus West Ham is going to be a lot of fun to watch because how often can you actually say, oh, I'm watching Barcelona versus West Ham? Like, yeah. I, I don't think uh, this may be the first time they ever face each other or if they ever, if they both win, that is. No. We can't jump to conclusions because Lyon is a difficult matchup for West Ham as well. No, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think, I think, I don't want to underrate like Lyon here, but they've had like not a good season on their terms. They have uh, a lot of issues going on with the club. West Ham, I mean, this is as good of a few seasons like run that they've ever put in the Premier League. So they're going to continue that. I, I just expect them to win. I, I don't know if we're underrating Frankfurt or, or not, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but they, they're they just like such an up and down team from like season to season, as we see with all like the bigger clubs in like the Bundesliga. So for them, I mean, they're they're ninth, right? So for them yeah. to any chance of qualifying for the the Champions League like I get that they're they're like really like seven points off and stuff but for them to really get it like they they kind of have to win so this is super tough for them especially for the way Barcelona is playing I'd be shocked if Barcelona didn't go through uh, 100%. do we do we favor do we favor Rangers over Braga I kind of do I kind of do but going into Braga is uh, always a difficult contest um, even Monaco going in, but uh, yeah, just going to Braga is just always going to be uh, difficult for any team. But Rangers have been in incredible form, uh, although they lost this this match day. But prior to that, beating Dortmund, um, demolishing, uh, I don't even, yeah, de- demolishing the the Ukrainian team. Um, yeah, I, I would 
Favorite Rangers, West Ham, Barca. Honestly, flip a coin for Leipzig and Atalanta at this moment, to be honest, because that is a great matchup. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, I'm trying to look up the odds uh, for for overall winners, like futures, uh, and FanDuel doesn't have them right now. But I'll tell you, Barcelona is the favorite at plus 175, right? Leipzig is second at plus 350. Atalanta is plus 600. West Ham's plus 2,000. Frankfurt plus 2,500. Lyon 2,500 as well. Rangers plus 5,000. And Braga at plus 10,000. So Barcelona, far and away, the uh, the clear favorite in this competition. Yeah. And ultimately, I'd have to agree. I said Sevilla. They lost to West Ham. I concede that, right? I would love for Atalanta to win it. Uh just because I just think it'd be fun, but Barcelona is definitely the favorite in in that matchup. And I, you said you favor Leipzig against Atalanta, right? No, honestly, I, I say it's like a coin toss. I think so First too. Match. I think so really, too. Really, it's a coin toss. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that because I was like looking at the odds, but but you're you're ultimately right. That could go either way. If you're looking at that game specifically, right? DraftKings actually has the odds up, but I won't uh I won't take like take a look. I'm just using the site and that. Pulls the best yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. Leipzig is the favorite uh, home at plus one uh, one ten. I think that's their first fixture. Uh, ties plus two seventy five, and then away is plus two forty. So it seems like it seems like Leipzig is favored in this matchup uh, slightly. We'll see. We now, shall see. Now, since we're talking about odds, I think we should talk about our bets for the weekend, Lucas. So before we get into this weekend's fixtures. Uh, how did you do last weekend, Nick? So, uh, I have to double check, right? So I had, um, I actually ended up positive, right? So I'll tell you what, what I ended up doing. Uh, I believe I had Jao Felix, uh, anytime goal scorer, right? He scored within three minutes of that, that fixture. Uh, if I go to the settles, I know that my parlay did not hit. Uh, what was it? I had, let me see. Oh, actually, no. I hit on the Wolves' money line against Everton, right? 15 to win uh, yep. 15 bucks at plus 240, so I hit that. And then I had oh, I had lost the parlay with Bayern Munich to win, and Juventus and to win Juventus. 64. Yeah, but what I, what I'd end up doing to recover that is I live bet uh, the Bayern Hoffenheim draw with the Juventus money line. So I ended up actually winning $3.24 because I bet 25 to win 53. Uh, nice. Well, yeah, overall decent, decent time. I won some for money. Me, for me, I actually went two for three. Um, Chelsea money, money line versus Lille minus one ten. Those odds, I don't know how you can get them. Uh, West Ham and Villa over two and a half goals. They hit the three goals. That's all you needed. And the one that I didn't hit was actually Man City over ten and a half corners against uh, Crystal Palace. That was the shock to me. Because they dominated the game and they still just didn't get corners. I, I don't get it. But, um, yeah, two for three plus. Uh, so, can't complain. Yeah. So, we've really been we're, – we're four for six this week, right? We were four for four last week and 0 for four the week before. So, we've really been uh, – what is it? 12 for uh, – 12 for 16 or something like that. Actually, no, 10 for 16. 10 for 16. Yeah. Which is a really good conversion rate if you think about it. So, uh, hopefully we'll continue. I think what I, I said before, I'm like I have to track our money, but 
uh, in terms of percentages, right, and with the odds that we pick, like getting Wolves at plus 230, uh, such good value there, right? You, you want, if you get a fucking, excuse my language, if you get a <laughs> 230 bet, uh, it's gonna it's gonna end up paying dividends because if even if you lose your other two, you still end up netting a little bit of money on the side. Yeah. So right. with that, I'm gonna go into my first one. Go for it. Uh, this is in the Premier League. There aren't many Premier League fixtures this weekend, but this one's actually a really really good matchup. However, with the form that this team is currently in, Arsenal plus one thirty five money line versus Aston Villa seems too good to be true. Aston Villa coming off a loss against West Ham and just Arsenal being beating Leicester. Uh, yes, they lost to Liverpool, but everybody loses to Liverpool. Plus 135 for Arsenal, it's, it's hard to come by. Um, so that's, that's my first bet. That's good. Uh, I have uh, Victor Osimhen, uh, anytime goal scorer in Napoli against Udinese. Uh, he's minus 115. I just like the odds for it. He scored yeah. twice uh, last game they played in the Serie A. He typically scores against weaker sides, and I feel like it's time for him to, to get back into form. So I really like him as the anytime goal scorer there. Udinese also like that. Good side. Yeah. I like that. Um, my second one is Atletico Madrid minus 105 money line versus Rayo Valerca, Valecano. Yeah. Um, minus 105. I mean, they have won, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of their last six games, and they've been it and they've been unbeaten in their last six. So I think it let's go minus one oh five. Good odds there. Uh definitely take that. Yeah, my next bet is uh Paris Saint Germain against Monaco. So they're minus one fifteen. I have that in. Uh, I've actually only have two bets for this week. But uh, really like those odds. Uh, Monaco have not had that good of a season. PSG obviously uh, have been disappointing of late, but they've won their last two games against Monaco in all competitions. So I favor them to continue to, to do well and to, to get right against them. All right. And my last one is actually a parlay. The three-leg parlay with FA Cup. The three big bosses in the Premier League, they should easily just move on to the next round. So I have City, Chelsea, and Liverpool money, all money lines in the FA Cup. That adds up to a plus 131 for the parlay. So I, I, I like that. But all teams want to get that trophy. Everybody wants to get that trophy. So uh, I do like those odds for that parlay. Yeah, I mean, if I wanted an upset bet of the week, uh, not even Forest has been good to me, so I would bet them again at plus 850 against Liverpool. But I doubt that they win that game. Liverpool is just too too talented, too otherworldly. Uh, they just beat Arsenal. Like, I don't I don't know if that will happen. That would be, like, a juicy upset bet to throw, like, a, a tenner on, I think. You know, 10 bucks to win, like, 85. The odds got as low as, like, plus 950 this morning. So, um Doubt that that happens. I really like your money line parlay, though. Yeah, uh, there were actually other juicy matchups. I don't know if you wanted to throw in a third bet, but no, we have I, to. You, you have to give a shout out to Real Madrid versus Barcelona this weekend. El Clasico, this new Barcelona side, it's going to be a lot better than the last El Clasico that we had. So uh, that's something to watch out for. Even the uh, even like the last. 
El Clasico, right? That was uh, that happened. I think it was like the Copa Supercopa de España, like that tournament that they had. Yes, Barcelona ended up playing Real Madrid uh, really well. So that was like that was like a super tough fixture for them. Uh, the odds are so good, uh, like Real Madrid money line at plus. It's so tempting to me, but uh, ultimately I, I just had to stay away from it. I couldn't bet that one. Yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Sevilla Moneyline. It's plus 120. And they're facing one second. Uh, Sevilla are facing Real Sociedad. Sevilla, they want a bounce back game. And they also need a victory to hold off Barcelona from getting that second position. Um, so for me personally, I think Sevilla Moneyline is pretty solid. I actually but that's not that's not my that's not gonna be my like locked and loaded. The first two bets that I put in, those are gonna be my locked and loaded bets. Okay. So then the Chelsea uh Liverpool Man City Money Line Parlay is something that you like, but you're not gonna lock it in as your bet. Exactly. Okay. That's fair. Okay. All right, Nick. What a what a time. Uh everything is fast and quick. We do have an international break which everyone's sad about. But this international break is actually going to be juicy for the World Cup qualifiers because there's the European playoffs going on at the moment. Um, that's going to be Italy and Portugal still need to clinch their ticket to the World Cup. So that's going to be going on in the next two weeks. However, no, no league action. So we'll probably catch you guys in two weeks since we always take a break during the international break. Um, but... As always, enjoy them, Techers. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Later.